Hey, Whoreheads, before we get into this week's episode, I wanted to let you all know that we just launched our official Horrifying My Friends Patreon. As you can guess, we put a lot of blood, sweat, and tears, and passion into creating the pod. So if you love us and want to support us, now you can. We've got three tiers that you get different, exclusive perks. For just $1 a month, you can simply show your support and get episodes early. For $3 a month, you get an exclusive live commentary episode each month, as well as a specially curated Spotify playlist by yours truly. And for $6 a month, you get double the exclusive live commentaries, early access to episodes, a playlist, and tons of bonus content like Captain Creature Reviews, and a special Grindhouse podcast hosted by Horror Host Trav. Okay, that's our pitch. We're grateful for whatever support you can send our way, but regardless, we will happily keep bringing you our weekly free episodes. So thank you as always, and without further ado, let's get creepy. They will say that I have shed innocent blood. What's blood for? If not for shooting. I just can't take no pleasure in killing that. You know, some things you gotta do don't mean you have to like it. There is nothing to worry about. You're gonna be just fine. I'm your number one fan. Let her get away, mommy. Welcome to another edition of Horrifying My Friends. I'm horror host Trav. Joining me as always is producer Kate. Hey. The theme queen herself. And joining us again on this podcast is Carly. Hello. I was trying to think of a... Ooh, phone being on. <laughs> oh, it's no. a rookie mistake. I was trying to think of a nickname for Carly, but I couldn't come up with one. I was going to say like Carly Ray Jetson or something. Isn't that a person? <laughs> Isn't that a person or something? Yeah, that's yeah. a real person. Jepson, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Call Carly me maybe. <laughs> Is that the person? Yeah. That... <laughs> Does she sing uh, also like that's Friday song? No. Does she sing that Friday song? Is that song? Rebecca Black? Yeah, that's <laughs> How do you guys know all these names? <laughs> Spend way too much time on YouTube. Yeah, Rebecca Black was big when we were teenagers. You would think she would be big like now during the TikTok age. Or yeah, she was one of the early memes. Yeah, mm-hmm. like an early TikToker or mm-hmm. something. So we come together today. First of all, Carly, how have you been? Good. Uh, you know, I'm in the middle of a crazy time at work, but yeah, pretty good. How's living with Josh? He's always like playing these like <laughs> shitty shoegaze bands like My Bloody Valentine <laughs> and not Mazzy Star. He would know, be the... mad at me if I didn't like cut you off and say shut your mouth right now. <laughs> <laughs> Mazzy Star, the superior shoegaze band. But seriously though, like um, I know you guys like recently got an apartment and stuff like that and yeah i love it i mean we're about to get a puppy so that should tell you how it's going it's going very well (laughs) uh we're definitely you know working well together what kind of puppy was it again is it saint birdoodle yeah he's gonna be pretty hefty he'll be he'll be a thick boy boy. (laughs) but don't don't body shame my dog okay (laughs) he'll be a hefty boy so we're coming together today to discuss the valentine's day classic remake reimagining of my bloody valentine this is my bloody valentine 3d from 2009 um a little background on this so mike bertram and i this was like during our uh our trench coat era 
where we were first out of high school and we thought we were intellectuals and we would go to the hookah bar and talk about how Osama bin Laden was fake and all this other shit. Oh, God. <laughs> so we actually went and saw this in 3D and was kind of blown away by it. But, like, the amount of kills and, you know, all the nudity and stuff like that, we were like, this movie rocks. <laughs> oh, God. But this is My Bloody Valentine 3D from 2009. So this is actually directed by Patrick Lusher and written by Todd Farmer. Um, Whoreheads might know them from their other films, including Drive Angry. Have you guys seen Drive Angry with Nick Cage? No, mm-hmm. but it sounds great. Yeah, that movie's great. We need Maybe we need to cover that one. Um, Dracula 2000, which is, of course, like early 2000s horror flick. Yeah, you, you know, not that great. And uh, Trick from a couple years ago. Uh, side note, Lusher did an, a fantastic interview with, I think it was Shockwaves or may have been Movie Crip. Talking about their proposed Halloween 3 script that would have picked up after Rob Zombie Halloween 2. That would have been really rad where the masks all melted to his face and shit. Uh, The writing and directing duo were also connected to Hellraiser for years. And you can still find articles detailing their take on the Cenobites online. Um, I'll post a few of those articles under this post. Um, This is starring Jensen Ackles as Tom Hanniger, Chris Cornell. Chris Cornell. As the minor, oh, he plays like the, yeah. Uh, Jamie Keene as Sarah Mercer Palmer. Uh, Kerr Smith as Sheriff Axel Palmer. Palmer. <laughs> Palmer. Uh, Betsy Sue as Irene. Megan Boone as Megan. Her name was actually Megan. Edie Gathregi as Deputy Martin. And Tom Ak- legendary Tom Atkins as Sheriff Jim Burke. Uh, synopsis. Tom returns to his hometown on the 10th anniversary of the Valentine's Day Night Massacre that claimed the lives of 22 people. Instead of a homecoming, Tom finds himself suspected of committing the murders, and it seems like an old flame is the only one that believes he's innocent. My bloody Valentine. (laughs) People are going to be turning their volume up. (laughs) Fast facts. Uh, Special makeup effects designer Gary Tunnicliffe helped bring these boss-level gore effects to the screens in 2009 using practical effects to give us a body count that has to triple the original. Probably, right? Like, it's got to be... There's so many people. Easily, they killed three times. Dude, there's so many kills in this movie. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I was, like, thinking about this. It probably doubles, if not triples, any of the slasher movies that we've covered. Maybe, like, I I don't know. There's so many fucking people in this that get killed in this movie. Is more better always? I don't know. I guess we'll talk about it. I think so. I think so. Gary has worked on a lot of stuff in the horror genre, including The Collector, Feast, Hellraiser, Bloodline, and has also served as a uh, special makeup effects supervisor on Candyman. Uh, Gary also moved into the director's chair to direct the Hellraiser Judgment, that not-so-bad flick from a couple years ago. Um, The director of the film, Patrick Lushier, Last year, I think is how you say it, was the editor for a lot of Wes Craven flicks, starting with 1994's New Nightmare and continuing through all the Scream films and into Cursed and Red Eye. Other big films that he worked on as editor during that time were Halloween H2O and Mimic. So I actually think that a lot of sensibility to this movie, but I'll bring that up you know, a little bit later. The first rated R film projected in Real D technology. Um, this was actually. This was actually filmed in the same town that the Mothman prophecies. So, Carly, I know you were big into conspiracies, but mm-hmm. have you heard of Mothman? I have. Yeah, so the Mothman prophecies is weird, weird movie. It's like actually really, really creepy. I, I recommend it, but this was filmed in the same town of that. Um, and finally, for the Supernatural fan- fans out there, are any of you Supernatural fans? Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen like one episode, but yeah, I get I, I get it good. has a whole cult following of people. 
Sure. It played after Smallville. It- <laughs> you always checked it out? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, there was an episode titled My Bloody Valentine um, on the Jensen Ackles TV show Supernatural. And Jensen Ackles and his Supernatural co-star, Jared Pelodecki, both starred in remakes of 1980s slasher films with Friday the 13th and this in 2009. So that wraps up my notes. Carly, what was your first impression of the film? Um, it was pretty awesome. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) I thought it was hilarious. It's definitely the perfect movie to watch with a group of people, which is what we did. Yeah, it was a good, yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. I I definitely agree with that one. So had you seen the original before? No, I have not. Okay. Okay. So that'll be interesting to see how this compares to that one. Yeah, for sure. I got to do my homework and go back and watch it. Like the less body count and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, that one being a way better movie. You think so? <laughs> just right. my first impression. Um, right. Having just done the original My Bloody Valentine last week on the pod, this one does and can't hold its jockstrap, as my dad used to say. Um, mm-hmm. In terms of, like, the quality of the storytelling and just generally being balanced. Like, this one was, like, <laughs> yeah. it was here to make me laugh, I feel. Mm-hmm. Like, most of the time. And we'll get into the reasons I laughed through this. Um, it it never like had me on the edge of my seat. Like, oh, what's gonna happen? I just didn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like nine minutes in, I wrote it down <laughs> in my notes. Nine minutes in, they've killed fifteen or twenty people. I don't know. It was just like a lot of people. I didn't count exactly, yeah. but it's like they'd killed all the people in the hospital, and then they'd killed. They'd started killing all the teens in the mine already. I thought mm-hmm. those were gonna be our main characters for the whole movie. <laughs> <laughs> Almost all of them are dead. Right, um, but so yeah, it's just like in your face, and it's just like how s- crazy can we make these kills? They had they were we watched it in the three D version. I think it was always intended to be that, yeah. And so it was like, how many crazy three D eff- effects can we throw in here? That's my initial reactions. I was thoroughly entertained. Definitely thought it was funny, but not nearly as good as the OG. <laughs> interesting, interesting. Yeah. So like yeah, we start off in the mine and like Carly said, you we meet these group of characters that you think you're going to be with throughout the entire movie, but of course they get knocked off. And you realize that you're in this like kind of slasher kind of um kind of like a nod to the other slasher movies and stuff like that because the first two characters that are killed are named like Jason and Michael. And then one of the kills has an eye popping, which directly referenced back to Friday the 13th Part 3, like the 3D, you know, Friday the 13th Part 3. But anyway, Carly, what did you think about, like, the characters? Once we do finally get all these kills out of the way, like I said, there seems like it's like five or six in the first, like, ten minutes Mm -hmm. that we get. (laughs) But what did you think about the characters once we start to meet them and the love triangle and, you know, all this other stuff? Oh, I love, like, when they introduce, like, oh, here's a couple here. Oh, she's pregnant. Oh, they work together at the grocery store. Like, that whole, you know, like, love triangle, like, quadruple-sided shape that they made. (laughs) Like, that was amazing. I love that type of stuff, especially when you're in those, like, silly horror films. Oh, yeah. Carly is always here for the tea. I am here for the conspiracy (laughs) tea, okay? Like, like, no, I loved it, yeah. One of the criticisms of this movie, um, I think it was uh, Megan Navarro, from Bloody Disgusting brought up how the love triangle doesn't work in this one as opposed to the original where she yeah. argues that it does. Like I can tell time. you why I think the original's better uh, okay. and what I think they did wrong with the, the love triangle. It's, it's not so much a triangle, right? So the original, it's a very easy, clear triangle. You've got Sarah, Axel, and TJ in the original, same names. Mm-hmm. And 
she's with Axel and Axel in the original seems like just this nice guy. He's with the, he, he got the girl cause TJ left town. They don't paint him as a asshole. Like oh, yeah. Axel's he's not cheating on in Sarah <laughs> in the original and getting other girl, young girls that she works with pregnant. Like he's a scumbag in this one. So that's, one why like i don't think it works because you're not rooting for axel at any point in time Mm -hmm. like you want him you want him to be taken out personally i did um (laughs) (laughs) but anyway and then the tj and tom and this one's it's not realistic that sarah would still be holding a candle for tj after or for tom after all this time she left his photo on the dresser it's it's very realistic it's so stupid to me because he left for 10 years she has a child (laughs) like it does not make sense that she would not have gotten over this and the fact that he blows into town randomly and one the whole town hates him for some reason which doesn't make sense as josh uh, carly's boyfriend (laughs) pointed out many times like they left him for dead in the beginning and and now they're like being an asshole to him because he left to deal with his trauma on his own in his own way. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, he wants to sell the mine, but like, so the fuck would I? Like, I almost right. got killed down there. Like, no, I don't want to keep the mine either. <laughs> right. But regardless, like, it doesn't make sense that he'd blow into town for his dad's funeral or whatever and to sell the miner. And all of a sudden, like, Sarah would just be like, trusting him 100%. Like, going and trying to be with him even though she knows her husband something's funky with her husband but like she doesn't know he's cheating on her until Mm -hmm. the end you know and so like she has no reason to just be like i'm gonna throw my whole life away with my child's father Mm -hmm. that was always creepy to me like so if you were a side chick i don't i'm trying to wrap my head around being brought to this like abandoned like cabin house it's very romantic <laughs> with like all the windows boarded up and shit and i'm like Ugh, everything's like, dusty and dirty like huh. yeah it's like raccoons are probably living in that motherfucker there was and stuff. a literal rat women in these the days are willing to compromise okay <laughs> <laughs> you're like that makes it hotter we call oh. those red flags <laughs> and they are often ignored <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's where josh took carly like their first date <laughs> He's like, I got this abandoned house out in the middle of the woods. Yeah. If, you, if you want to go hang out, I got a record player there. Sounds intimate. Yeah, it's pretty killer. <laughs> he puts on like Cannibal Corpse out there or something. <laughs> You're like, I'm in danger. I'm totally not gonna get murdered, right? <laughs> a lot of horror movies do this though. Even the like the older 80s, 80s ones will do this. What was it? The Fly? He takes her to a warehouse. She doesn't know anything, and she's just like, Sure, I'll go in. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, it's disgusting. Doesn't make like. <laughs> I guess this Megan character, like, she's really young and has no standards whatsoever. And she's just, like, down for the drama. And so that's why she's sleeping with her boss's husband. Like, I don't know. Oh, yeah. It's just gross. It's gross. It makes them unredeemable to me. Like, I don't give a shit if they're going to die. I don't give a shit if they're the killer. Like, it's just... The original just did a better job to me of making me feel invested in these characters. And... I was genuinely concerned about what was going to happen to them. Whereas in this one, I was just like, okay. Yeah, he's a bit too far on this. And it, like, it brings in, like, yeah, cops do, like, you know, have the tendency to step out a little bit. But, like, Axel is, like, way over the top. (laughs) Way over the top. Like, bad and shit. So, one of the sensibilities that I wanted to bring up are, like, the general sensibilities of Wes Craven and that, like, late 90s, early 2000s kind of slasher boom but i think that this has a lot in common with those 
And I was like, I couldn't help but think that he probably got a lot of his style, like Patrick Lusher, got a lot of his style in Todd Farmer, his writing partner, from those like Halloween H2O and like all those other movies. Because this does have a lot of that those kind of characters in it. Like you talked about the Megan, like the young, the young attractive Megan, like going after somebody's husband and there's drama there and like all this other shit. Where it's, it's just like trashy stuff, you know, yeah. <laughs> uh, which is fine. Like, it's fine. It happens in real life. Like people do all kinds of trashy shit, but I just, I think coming off of the Canadian original Canadian version, I had such like, Oh, like they, re- they did a remake of it or they did a, reimagining of it i wonder what they did and i was just kind of let down but i wasn't let down by all the gore and the oh, like sure. the crazy over the top kills and just the really ridiculous characters you have like the totally naked woman who's just like <laughs> naked for her the entire time she her whole scene i like want her, justice for irene like yeah she, <laughs> irene did not deserve no she was kind of a badass yeah. too yeah. like it was she was kind of a badass too and what was the so the <laughs> the motel, motel <laughs> manager getting like fucking pickaxed into the ceiling <laughs> into the light like yeah. i remember fucking dying at that seat in the theater when we saw it dude yeah so for anyone who's listening and is like lost <laughs> so there's a motel called the thunderbird motel which i was like oh god get me <laughs> but anyway the the manager is like this woman with disabilities of some kind she's yeah. maybe a little person or something i don't know she's just looking for her frenchie who keeps running around the whole motel she can't find her dog what happened to the frenchie we never I, got that answer i mean i can only presume i mean this they tried to throw you off about um tom mm-hmm. because spoiler alert i mean we're 17 minutes into the podcast so like uh tom is the killer yeah um and (laughs) uh they kind of try to throw you off a little bit because the dog goes right up to tom Mm -hmm. um so it's like dogs usually don't trust killer like people with bad you know energy do you think frenchies are like that though or do you think if he held out like a crack well i have two frenchies (laughs) i have two frenchies my dog wheezy would like go straight up to a psychopathic oh, killer sure. no problem and be like take me home but georgie would like georgie like yeah. my male frenchie will would definitely he gets a sense about people that's why he doesn't like josh yeah <laughs> he likes josh <laughs> um but josh anyway. is gonna be like <laughs> fucking squeezing like, his like fist. My bloody valentine <laughs> but anyway this poor woman she's looking for a dog and it get, <laughs> of course the killer with his big ass pickaxe like uppercuts her like through it goes like through her chest and head or i don't know like but he basically is able to lift her all the way into the ceiling and like jam her her up there and jammed her up there so he 30 seconds later he pulled her back yeah so he could go after the completely nude woman hiding under the bed you know no i get and you made a good point about like how this is like trashier and stuff like that but i'm i guess it's a perfect analogy for like canadian versus american like we are like the trashier like southern (laughs) neighbors to canada you're not wrong and like (laughs) there's something about the early 2000s that just all the fashion everything just felt trashy puddle of mud like i'm not i know when i say that like i have a lot of fond memories and a lot of nostalgia for the era because like i was a preteen teen during that time but like 
it just has a trashy feel to it. Remember the girls' jeans like during that time? It was like um, super even low the boys' jeans, yeah. like the boys' jeans too. They were like faded with holes all in them and shit, <laughs> like gems on them and shit. <laughs> yeah, gem uh, like rhinestones on the butt all that pockets. tap out oh shit, like the the designs. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> oh, and what was it with with guys like that are into the kind of music you're the affliction kind of stuff? Oh, dude, <laughs> affliction. <laughs> So but, yeah, that's what I mean when I think when yeah. I say like kind of it has a trashy vibe to it, and there's nothing wrong with it. It's just different, and it's not you know preferable to me. But I don't know, Carly. I'm very interested to hear when you watch the original what you think of the differences there. But mm-hmm. and, and this kind of deals <laughs> with like uh, like the original still because this is like still a very small town and stuff stuff like that. So are were you from a small town like originally or? Yeah, so I'm in the suburbs of Louisville, so it's definitely like small town. Like we're called Crestwood. Like if you can't tell the size. <laughs> <laughs> so was the small town a lot like this? Where like. Uh, I mean, everyone knows everyone's business. Like, definitely you have, we had at least like three of those love triangles going out of our high school. Like, <laughs> now that they're grown up, for sure. Somebody dating a teacher and stuff. Yeah, or, someone yeah. got attacked in the mines and like all three of their friends pulled away quickly <laughs> and married each other. Like, yeah. <laughs> So, Carly, what did you think about, like, what were some of your favorite kills in this movie and stuff? Definitely Irene, even though she deserves justice. Her chase was very good. Like she very, did everything in really high wedge shoes. Yeah. Too, by the way. Yeah, she was she was a survivor for sure. Like I like a, how she chucked her gun. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that was actually Todd Farmer, by the way, the trucker. Oh, that was really? the writer of the film. Yeah. <laughs> do you think he wrote that scene just to do that? Just to show everyone his butt. Oh man, oh. yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was a pretty cool kill, though, when he opens the truck door. And oh, yes. the straight axe down. comes straight down into his head. That was pretty cool. <laughs> For sure. So one of my favorite ones, and we can kind of do just like a round table kind of thing. But one of my favorite kills is when the old drunk guy like gets it right in the back and then gets it like when he's like Harry Warden, like he goes out to the front porch and like cocks his gun and then comes back in Harry like jumps out from another room and hits him in the back with that pickaxe and shit. That part's always killer. And then when... Uh, Sheriff Burke gets it on the porch uh-huh. when he fucking yeah man there were some like there were so many fucking kills in this movie though um, so I I really did like some of the homage kills that they did um, which were homages to the original so they have a dryer scene in this case it's the nanny of Axel and Sarah's kid the killer stuck her in the dryer and she, you open it up and she's like all her body's all burnt and she's just spinning around in the dryer like that. <laughs> happens in the original Mm -hmm. and they also had another homage i don't think anyone dies in this scene it's he's like terrifying sarah at this point she's Mm -hmm. running around in the mine when they have the uh, uniforms hanging from the ceiling and they just start dropping and scaring oh yeah um the original does it better but anyway that is another homage (laughs) that which i really liked see katie's becoming like the horror fan of like the original does it better you're rubbing on (laughs) i don't always think that but for this one i think it's pretty clear and I'm trying to think of the character's name. Megan. Um, no, you don't see Megan's death. So I thought actually that was very controversial that they would show her like they didn't show her being killed, but mm-hmm. she's pregnant, has a fetus, you know, yeah. and the her body is posed and staged outside when that and they show you them finding her. But like, I don't know if it's her heart or the fetus. Like I didn't. It was so it happened so fast, but she's mm-hmm. like 
dead and gutted and her i think they showed like her fetus but the fact like just like outside of her body it's like very very brutal Mm -hmm. and but i'm surprised that they even got that through yeah that they were killing a pregnant woman like you don't mm -hmm. usually see that this film actually almost got banned in australia for like a lot of the scenes in this movie yeah yeah Yeah. i mean that was pretty shocking i guess (laughs) that's pretty brutal i mean but i didn't care about her character but like no one Mm, no i don't think i don't think anyone (laughs) travis i don't think anyone wants to see like a pregnant girl even if she is like hoeing around like just like splayed out like that in the street but yeah who was the main girl was her name sarah yeah. Yeah. yeah what was the point of Megan being pregnant? Like, did Sarah ever find out that she was pregnant? Well, I think she fa- she could see that she was pregnant when they found the body. Because Sarah was there when they found the body, right? If that was a fetus. But if it was the heart, like, that's... Because I thought that was, it like, the killer's, heart, yeah. like, whole thing is that he left the heart in the Valentine's box. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Did the Valentine... I forget the scene when she... When, the, when it's Axel and Megan in the house yeah the card she didn't t- say anything the, about a baby the card didn't say anything mm-hmm. about a baby so maybe she'll she'll never know or right, i mean so she'll know point, when the autopsy like, comes out but like yeah. um yeah sarah doesn't find even find out he's cheating till i think the, the point right? was just to throw us off and okay. make us think it was axel because the whole thing like they ended the movie like i love you i love you too as he <laughs> yeah. and i'm like he's Ugh. totally is like screwing you over here yeah he's like i'm glad megan's dead <laughs> <laughs> Because you know he's a scumbag. He's like, I can, I can get somebody else or whatever. Yeah, it's just hard to like any of these characters. I really liked Sarah in the original. This one was just like overacted, unfortunately. Yeah. Which yeah. just kind of made it not as good. And um, they did some corny stuff. Like, there's one bullet left. Okay. And then they <laughs> slow-mo the bullet through his... Like, like goes through like his neck and... Like, the only character I kind of like was Tom. The gas. And, you know... Yeah. Oh, and he's... He ends up being the, car- the killer. Yeah. T- Tom is the only one, like, like Josh said, like... They left him for dead. They've been, like, making him out to be this horrible person all along. And he, like, can't catch a fucking break. Like, no wonder he snapped. But anyway, he also is literally right next to a row of gas tanks that, or whatever they are that blew up, gets engulfed in flame. And then they show him with not a burn on him. Right. What? It's logical. It's logical, okay. Right. So, uh, okay. So we were talking about like sequences and stuff like that. Like you guys brought up Megan's death and how she was staged, but I will say like one of my favorite scenes, like we were talking about our favorite kills and stuff. So one of the things that I think that this does bring extra from the original or, you know, like, um, not from the original, but just brings exclusively to this movie is that chase scene that we get in the store. So it's like, it, I, I just think it's an effective scene. And I like that you get Sarah Palmer and Megan, like, having to fight off the killer in like very comical ways. Like Megan hits him with a mop. A turkey leg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like a turkey leg or something. Yeah. That and, was, that was funny. And that chase through the store actually reminded me a lot of like scream. Like it was very scream like where they're hitting him with these objects that like knock him down and shit. And then you get into that office and he starts beating down the door, you know, of course, in like Michael Myers and, you know, uh, territory there. But, yeah, they try to throw you off in a scream way with uh, Axel popping oh, up yeah, right dude. after. It got me. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, and where you think, like, it's very, you know, Billy popping up in Sydney's window. Where he drops know? the cell phone. It's like, yeah. dude, dude, dude. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, there's a lot of ridiculous stuff. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. in that chase scene in the grocery store, so they block themselves into, like, the manager's office or whatever. <laughs> and with a big steel desk and whatnot. And... 
she <laughs> takes forever to try to call the cops. Then she manages to do that. And you're like, okay, so she finally did it. Cool. Um, but then you find out that, that there was there was a fucking panic button the whole time. And she that never was killer. Like, you guys were like, she could have pushed that the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> She could have pushed it as soon as she went in the door and the killer would have had no shot to fucking get there, get in there to her. Exactly. It's that. And then it's also take the very, very beginning, which I wasn't a huge fan of the whole like the news clippings and all the radio news telling you what you need to know before it happens. Like just jump into the movie and I'll figure it out. That like, was a little too, like, H2O to me. Like, it's H2O a little like the audience is kind of dumb, so let's catch them up. I just didn't like that. But anyway, in the first major part of the movie, you find out like, Harry Warden's in a coma in the hospital. And then he wakes up by some miracle. He's been out for who knows how long. And he goes on a murdering spree in the mm-hmm. hospital. Cut to the aftermath where the old guy cops are walking around. You know, they're looking for him. And they're like, oh, I can't believe... And, they were brilliant because they were fucking hilarious in the way they like delivered their li- their little one-liners. <laughs> but you see that all these characters are like that were murdered are like fucking cut in half and stuff. And literally everyone on the f- that worked on the floor was murdered. And I'm like, he was in a hospital gown after being in a coma for who knows how long. Like would have had so much muscle atrophy. Like, <laughs> I'm you're telling me that all these nurses and doctors didn't like band together and contain him somehow and he was he managed to kill them all and then cut their bodies in half with what <laughs> right, did he just rip them right. apart with his with pure like s- strength like I, what and so when you start off like that i can't take your movie seriously like i just took it yeah. from from that like this is i'm meant to laugh through this like right. oh yeah and, and, and you are you are for okay. sure because i wasn't sure for a while there because it seemed like it was taking itself a little seriously yeah, because you did, like, for sure, and that's actually one of the pluses, I think, of this one, is, like, we got to see Harry Warden be more of that killer. Like, they set up, like, kind of like a Michael Myers kind of thing with him. Like, yeah, even, he was, like, indestructible. I think Josh said or, it, or maybe you said it. I think I did. Like, he was, like, a Michael Myers type in this mm-hmm. movie. But I, I actually really, really liked that, that, that kind of stuff that they brought, for sure. So, do we want to get into the ending? Sure. Kate? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so... Was this movie, like, uh, was the killer surprising to you, Carly? So, no, I called it. Uh, Probably halfway through, uh, that mirror scene that we were talking about right after the movie had ended sort of gave it away where uh, Tom's in the cage, the killer's outside of the cage, he had just murdered that cave worker, miner, and they stand up, like, in tandem. That... My brain went off and I was like, either that was cute or like that meant something. The scene with him in the woods too, seeing. Yeah. And yeah. like he kept Reflection. saying like, I grew up in these mines and I'm like, oh, like he knows it pretty well. Like, <laughs> Yeah. That's the, the one where they stand up at the same time and they're mirror images of mm-hmm. each other in, in the mine. Like you, like you mm-hmm. mentioned in that cage scene, like that's also like a linchpin scene. Uh, like mm-hmm. you're meant to think it's not Tom, which that that was what had me for so long. I was like, how would he have done that? They show you how he did it just suddenly, like, really easily. And, like, <laughs> yeah. actually, it didn't look like he could even have fit that tool outside of it. But anyway, like, this logic is not this movie's thing. That scene makes you simultaneously think it could be him and it can't be him. Right. right. Yeah. I do, like, get confused about, or not confused, but it just doesn't make sense to me, like, to me, Tom's motive is he's coming back to get revenge on his friends who dumped him, like, to basically either be murdered or, like, left behind or whatever. But he's going around killing everyone. So, like, 
my initial reaction was um, Sarah said something like, is it you? And he like said in a weird voice, like he was imitating Harry, that it was him. So I was like, is he possessed by Harry? Like he's taking like these murders out on like random people and that's like Harry taking stuff out. Like that's what I thought initially was going on. And that's interesting that you he's bring that up. He's dissociating. Yeah. Sure. yeah. Yeah. It's a different, it's two personalities that don't know about each other. Mm-hmm. And, and the reason I ask you about the ending is because like, uh, there are those on the HMF crew that were, you know, uh, taken aback by this ending, that were shocked by this ending. That <laughs> I was not shocked. That couldn't predict this ending. <laughs> Travis, please. So, Katie, go ahead. <laughs> I Through the whole thing, I knew it was going to be one of two scenarios. It was going to be Tom because of the same reason that triggered for Carly that it would be Tom. Uh-huh. Um, that mirror image scene, the wood scene, the like the synchronicity, synchronicity of like where he is and when. But I think a part of me wanted Axel to be it because yeah. Axel's such a piece of shit. And they also throw in so many red herrings that it's Axel. And so Travis wants to like, <laughs> act like, like, who cares if I was wrong? Like, I have no... St- I- it all the time. Detective K was I think wrong. someone cares if they're wrong. Yeah. No, I, I, I admit all the time when the when I'm the twists kidding. get me, but yeah, you, you have to your... travel things. It's hilarious that I got it wrong. She had the mad eyes on for Axel big time. She I was did. Like, you piece of shit. I did. I was like, you have a kid at home, you fucking asshole. Dude, he was a piece of shit mm-hmm. in this movie. Red flag. Yeah. I did, see, I never even thought about that at the ending. It's like, everything's back to normal. And it's like, dude, you knocked up a chick at, like, at her job. And plus, you're really, really creepy. Because the way you hold the phone is like fucking, like a, like a fucking woman beater. And he's just like, <sighs> like on the yeah, phone they, driving. because they have flip phones. It's like, ugh. <laughs> Let's just do an unofficial theory that, like, he did murder his pregnant mistress. Oh, like, because it's the perfect time to do it. No one's going to think it was him. That's what I'm telling you. All these red herrings made me genuinely think it was him. So they did a good job in that respect. Also, can we talk about how his wife came downstairs and he was watching evidence and he was just sitting there like watching like an unconsensual sex tape like yeah. <laughs> at his desk? Yeah. Here's yeah. my thing. Like, if you're working, if you're working late on a case, like, and you need to take stuff home, cool. But like, maybe put some headphones in. Like, headphones existed <laughs> in 2009. Yeah. Like, put some headphones in so your child doesn't yeah. happen to wander in on you watching. A woman stark naked having sex and then eventually going to be murdered. Like, he knows it's going to happen. Like, it's just wild. Yeah, I would think that you would have, like, a lock on the door or something if you were a detective. Like, even for, like, crime scene... Well, especially for crime scene photos or something. But, like, even if you, like, went to go take a piss or something. I mean, of all the truly offensive, you know, like, writing and (laughs) (laughs) and situations in this movie, that's the least of my... Oh, for sure. At least my he thoughts. he did have some creep factor going on, though, mm-hmm. for sure. But, like, Sarah, I hate that Sarah's character is so fucking dumb. She's so dumb. She, like, pulls out the picture of her and Tom from the olden days mm-hmm. to pine about him or whatever. She leaves it out? She gets in the car with this stranger. She does not know Tom. Tom mm-hmm. has been gone for 10 plus years. Tom's been gone since they left him for dead. And yeah. she just, like there's a murderer on the loose and her husband has said, we think it could be him. And she gets in the car with him? Yeah. Like, I don't know. So I will say, like, this movie brings style, like, um, of the newer slashers, like, you know, these this way over-the-top gore, you know, like, stuff like that, the scream formula kind of stuff. But it also loses some of the old style, like, some of that, some of that charm from the original. Like you said, you brought, I think you brought up, Kate, the... 
the lack of poems in this one and stuff. Yeah, no poems. <clears throat> yeah, less romantic. Like, come on. Like, yeah, he, in the it was old a real one, letdown. Like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to make a poem that rhymes. Like, if I'm gonna kill somebody, <laughs> and then like even in the original, like the I think the character, and maybe this wasn't just. I think there's one mention of a character. Uh, saying like something like you're doomed or he's back or something, but the li- the leaving out of the bartender, like the crazy Ralph character. Yeah. Yeah. That was kind of a letdown. But <clears throat> tell me what you guys think about the scene where they go out to Harry Warden's, you know, grave that you know in the woods. So the the, the whole story in this is that the old guy cops back in the day when Harry Warden went on his killing spree, they were able to shoot him in the mine mm-hmm. and save. Tom and some of the other kids, but he runs off because he's like again like Michael Myers like you can't be killed. Freddy Krueger too, like this part yeah. brings in Freddy Krueger. And so they go off, and you find out that they killed him and buried him supposedly, mm-hmm. and that there's this grave out in the woods. They've marked it with a bunch of stones or whatever. And it's like, what like did a you... rookie mistake in burying bodies? Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. Like, Mark it very amateur. <laughs> Um, and so you see, they just, they pay very little, like, they make a big deal of, like, having them go out there and get you, giving you this information, but they don't actually do anything. Mm-hmm. They take a shovel out and then no one shovels anything. I mm-hmm. think that you're supposed to take, like, because it was, like, kind of sunken down. Concave or whatever. Yeah, and I think they're like, what the fuck? Like, it was a, you know, an even burial or whatever so they're like fuck somebody dug this shit all up it's not like the body could have decomposed or anything yeah and it's like there could have been air pockets or in, in there or something like and that's why it became like that i don't know well I, yeah ground settles but it's to me it was just like well it just seemed like a weird throwaway kind of thing it didn't seem that relevant to the plot at all it just was yeah. kind of a waste of time because the killer could easily just go get one of these masks and put on much black clothes and get a pickaxe. <laughs> yeah. Like it's not wouldn't be hard. They wouldn't need yeah. to dig up Harry Warden's. You wouldn't mask. think a pickaxe is that hard to find in a mining town. <laughs> right. Like they're probably laying around fucking everywhere. Like <laughs> you know the kids are playing with them on fucking playgrounds. <laughs> like if you need to cut some fat, like cut that scene. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it was the writers like like again wanting to throw in like that because um, you remember in the Freddy Krueger, the original Freddy Krueger, like the you find out the parents like hunted him down and shit. But mm-hmm. I was like I bet they were like, Ooh, let's bring in this urban legend kind of mm-hmm. thing of it. So let's go around and get final thoughts. This we'll make this like a quick, short, slashic slashic, is that a word? <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> slash, slasherific slasherific version of the pod uh we always like to keep these like short and fun so carly why don't we give our final thoughts on this movie so this movie was okay um now that we've talked through it at first i came in like pretty hot this movie was pretty good but i mean it's fun to yeah. watch uh yeah. like you said they established early on you're gonna laugh this whole time which like to me, is like you grow up watching those like sleepovers oh, yeah. and stuff. That was like the funnest stuff to watch. Um, I like horror movies where I don't have to sit and prepare myself to like have nightmares about demons. So like, <laughs> this was nice. So yeah, am I giving a rating or something? Yeah, or, out of five. Like if you want. Um, I give us like a two and a half pickaxes. All right. All right. <laughs> nice. I think I'd give it a two out of five. I was a little less entertained than I have been on one, other ones I've given three. So I just felt mm-hmm. like I couldn't give this one a three. But I think you could only watch it once, you know? You watch it once and then you're like, I don't really want to ever see that again. This is like a guy's slasher. Mm-hmm. Yes. I d- 
I would watch My Bloody Valentine every Valentine season. The original? The original now that I've seen it. Like, it's a genuinely good movie. The final girl is like a complex character. And I feel like she has some really cool ending scenes. You know, that, that really mattered to me. In the first one, and there's not a ton of male gaze in the original. Yeah. Whereas this one, it's like you. There's literally a scene with a woman butt ass naked, full bush, breasts out, Bouncing everything, around. like yeah. running around, like completely naked. And they sh- and before that, they show her having like raunchy sex with a guy. Like why? And it's <laughs> to me, it's just like it's just cheap. And um, I didn't, I just didn't like the how different they were in that way and i really didn't like that the main character sarah in this one is like she's the final girl they paint her as this like helpless uh left in the dark kind of like who is like a very nice person and well-meaning and she's she brings things like to the the treats to the hospital for people like she's this great person but she's just like a victim and then at the end they try to make her this like badass who's like shooting a bullet yeah. into it. i don't know it just was like it just let me down in a lot of ways but i will say if you're looking to laugh at some absolutely ridiculous kills mm-hmm. um that are just like i can't believe mm-hmm. i just haven't seen anything like that like the whole pickaxe and like lifting the lady up and <laughs> embedding her in the ceiling was the just like sh- insane. the shovel into the face and the sh- then the rest yeah. of the body and it slid, fl- slid, slides down yeah, yeah, yeah i forgot that one yeah that yeah. shovel which it looked terrible but yeah. it was funny you know <laughs> that one was like, one of those where it's set up for 3d so it looks a little weird mm-hmm. like her face like sliding on the shovel yeah <laughs> yeah i mean if i can really boil it down to one thing it's like i could tell that the people who made this movie had lots of really fun ideas for inventive kills and they were like and they were fans of the original and they mm-hmm. wanted to you know do something in that vein and it just it was a lot of good intention yeah that didn't come together yeah this is like for sure a love letter to like slasher movies and the original um one thing that you did touch on that i feel like i should put my hat in that ring too is like that they really dropped the ball on sarah palmer in this movie like i really really like sarah palmer in the original and like you said she is like strong and you know everything that you want and like a Lori strode type of final girl in the original and uh in this one she is like kind of just like ditzy and doesn't really know you know what's going on and like, kind of weak and stuff like you guys said this is like a fun one of those like really really fun slasher movies so this is in line with like if you are looking to check out like other valentine's day horror movies then i recommend valentine from 2001 and x-ray from 1981 those are two other ones that i would definitely check out this valentine's day season um so Did this movie Oh, yeah, I forgot to write it. So I would give this like a, I got to give this a three out of five, like a, a three to a three and a half out of five. I'm a little bit like more bullish on it than you guys are. Like you I saw really, it in 3D, so like. Yeah, well, and I really, really like these kind of movies where you can just like put it on and like put a Tostino's pizza in the microwave <laughs> and then like put some salt and pepper. You got to add jam. salt to the Tostino's pizza. Mm-hmm. Um, and <laughs> salt and pepper. <laughs> You d- can't even put it in the oven and get it crispy. No, you don't you put a party it... pizza in the oven. No, you gotta put it in the <laughs> microwave. Mushy. You gotta put it in the microwave and then like fold it like a taco. <laughs> and and this put this bad boy on and then you're you're in for like an hour and thirty minutes of just straight up killings. And <laughs> it's just a good time. Like I love this movie. Um, but like I said, yeah. But like I said, I would put this in the vein of like those, like the the later screen sequels, like Valentine. Like I know she last summer is kind of uh similar to this like the guy in this plays up freddie prince jr big time like he looks just like him and shit 
wrong, um, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, so book recommendation this week. It is a slasher book. So this is Gord Royo's, I think I'm saying that correctly, Valley of the Scarecrow. So this is right up uh, Donnie Yabara's alley. Um, fuck. Let's see here. Trav doesn't have his glasses on, guys. Let me try to, let me, <laughs> let me try to put this where I can read it. Fuck me. Oh, that text is really small, to be fair. All right. During <laughs> Jesus Christ. During the Great Depression, a small backwoods community in Iowa faced even more difficult times than most, having to endure the slowly fading sanity of their leader, Reverend Joshua Miller. Ooh. When it is clear the man has slipped beyond the edge of reason and perhaps signed a deal with the devil. I'm in. The citizens unite to stop him any way they can, breaking into the church to lash the reverend to his wooden altar cross, then boarding up the windows and doors to leave him to the fate and God's judgment. The people of Oak Valley then abandoned their town to the cornfields and woods, ending the madness for what they had hoped was forever. They were wrong. (laughs) 74 years later. (laughs) Why 74 years? The corn and trees have taken back the area and not much is left for the once thriving community but Joshua Miller's desecrated church still stands, and within its boarded-up and sun-baked walls, something that used to be a holy man waits for whoever is unfortunate enough to release him from his cross. So yeah, that's a Valley of the Scarecrow, very much in the the, Don, the Donnie Yabara and Don Yabara tradition of slashers. So Carly, I want to thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me again. <laughs> uh, will you just will you just uh, repeat the sentence? Mazzy Star is better than my bloody Valentine. Sorry, I think my headphones went out. <laughs> but seriously, thank you for joining us. Uh, this was a blast watching it with you guys last night. Like it, like I said, this is a good time in the movie. Producer Kate, any final words? Thank you for having a little trashy movie night. I enjoyed that. For sure. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Sometimes you need some trash. But uh, as always, you can find us on Twitter at Captain Creature and at HorrifyingMF and on Instagram and Facebook at HorrifyingMyFriends. And hit me up if you want to on Travis Bar at uh, I think I'm Travis Ibarra on Instagram, but yeah, you can hit me there too. <laughs> you don't know? Yeah, I think, I think I am. I don't know. Yeah, you know, look it up. Um, this is like actually a shout out. So go follow the Vetting Vinyl. Uh, I think it's just Vetting Vinyl, right? Yep. The Vetting Vinyl page on Instagram. So our buddy Josh, friend of the show, Josh. Um, he's pretty cool. Yeah, he's a pretty cool guy. <laughs> you know, whatever. We like him, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> he has okay taste in music, let's be honest. Like, uh, but he does like something cool where he posts like pictures of vinyl and stuff like that. He's a big vinyl guy. So if vinyl and music is your thing, like great music, like Cannibal Corpse and, um, uh, Power Trip and, you know, all this other stuff. Taylor Swift. Yeah. Taylor, no, don't say Taylor Swift. Cause that'll be, metal guys will be like, fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, go check out vetting vinyl on Instagram as well. So that's a, pl- that's a little plug there. Thanks for joining us. Bye. Fine, my friends.